the Lord. I wanted to uh, remind everyone, if you're interested in church membership, uh, we're having a membership class this Tuesday night at 6. Uh, if you can't make it and are interested, give us a call or a text or an email, and we'll talk to you privately. But uh, there is a class this Tuesday at 6. There's also a missions Zoom meeting at 7 with Esther Larios. Uh, Thursday is our Brotherhood Zoom meeting. Friday is a sisterhood meeting here in the sanctuary. And Saturday morning is another uh, ladies' Bible study on Zoom with uh, Edna Unger. So it'll be all in your emails this week. It's, on, it's online already, but just so you know what's going on. Well, happy Mother's Day to all the mothers. Uh, we have a special uh, service, a special speaker, a special presentation planned for you. So let me, let me introduce our speaker to you, if I can. It's my wife, Pamela. Uh, Pamela's birthday is a week from Tuesday, by the way. Uh, our 44th wedding anniversary is in July, and for that she deserves a medal. Um, she's been a mom for 40-plus years, a grandmom for 12 years of nine grandchildren. Uh, she's been a pastor's wife for 34 years, and she deserves, deserves another, another medal for that. Um, during that time, she's been a women's leader, children's uh, ministry leader, adult teacher, and right now she serves as our uh, church administrator here at New Life. Uh, she's my wife. She's my best friend. She's my comrade in service. She's, she's my best. She's my bestie. She's, she's everything to me. Behind Jesus, this is it. And uh, the Lord knew exactly what he was doing when we got saved. You know my story. You know our story. We got saved in, at the end of May. And, uh, and that July we got married. So my second best gift from the Lord after salvation is my wife. And um, if anyone is qualified to speak on motherhood, it's this one right here. Uh, she has uh, and continues to faithfully serve our children our grandchildren, and the children of this church as well. Give her a warm welcome as she comes to bring the word today. Thank you, honey. I love you. Oh, good morning, church. <clears throat> How are you all today? Good to see you. <clears throat> I'm here um, with my water, with my throat spray. I've already sprayed it to my throat. Because, uh, as you know, my allergies and asthma and whatnot. But I got through the first service. It was a blessing. <clears throat> and I'm praying that I'll get through this service as well. Thank you, my dearest, for those kind words. This morning, I didn't know, I knew what he was saying this time. This morning, I didn't. And it put me in tears. And that's how I started crying. So I thank you. And thank you so much for the honor of letting me be behind your pulpit. So... Thank you for that. I love you. Ladies, women, mothers, we greet you today. We want to give honor to you, honor to whom honor is due. And that's to all of our mothers. I think I could say without, um, without whatever, that, without what? Without any reservations. Yes, thank you. Without any reservations. Live stream, welcome to church. Amen. Without any reservations. That we all had a mother. We all have a mother, right? And uh, we are thankful. This morning, before we get started, I know that um, all of the women were handed a beautiful pink carnation when you came in the door. And um, a pink carnation symbolizes the unfailing love of a mother. I love them personally. 
So I hope that they bless you today. When you look at it, you know that God's anointing is upon you. I want to recognize a brand new mother here today. I believe that's Bethany Nato with her little Silas boy, wherever he is, being shifted around in the back there with all the family. And any other babies here? Oh, I see. Is that Lily's baby as well? Oh, okay. Amen. Welcome. So we give praise and honor to all the moms and the new moms today. Um, Our mothers, we praise them with love and gratitude and thankfulness because, quite frankly, I think there are superheroes. Okay? There are warriors. There are our protectors. There are sacrificers. Motherhood never ends no matter how old they are, no matter how old you are. Motherhood, a mother is a mother forever. So, um, I'd like to ask all of you mothers to stand today and actually, uh, yeah, all of the mothers stand today. Thank you. And we're going to honor you with a round of applause. <laughs> Amen. God bless you on this special day. You may be seated. But we really, we give honor to all mothers, all women, forgive me, grandmothers, mothers, stepmoms, foster moms, mother-in-laws, daughters, sisters, aunties, nieces, and nurturers. Because whether or not you are a mother to your own children, I believe that all women are nurturers in their heart and they give out to others. We want to honor moms who nurture and care for that miraculous infant in their arms, day and night whispering, you are my miracle. I thank God for you. I watch over you. I love you. We want to honor moms who clothe, feed, and take care of their children with an eagle eye 24-7, wiping away tears and sharing much laughter saying, I care, my darlings, I see you, I hear you, I love you. We want to honor moms who teach and nurture their children. Mind your manners. Don't leave your dirty clothes on the floor. Stop fighting with your siblings. Be kind to one another. Moms who teach their kids to do chores. Just as a side note, when our three were little, I decided I'm going to teach them how to cook and clean. And I mean, at least by the age of 10, they knew how to cook and do their laundry. Because I figured this way, they'll always be able to eat and they'll have clean clothes. So that worked out. Uh, We give honor to moms who send their kids outside to play for plenty of sunshine and fresh air. Play nicely. Go ahead. Climb that tree. Fall over that fence. Scrape your knee again. Let me bandage it with a kiss and a hug. This says to their hearts, be wild and free. I'm here with arms wide open to comfort you and to love you and to protect you. We give honor to moms who encourage their children, work hard, get an education, go to school, do your homework. Study, get a job, save your money. Amen to that. (laughs) This says, I'm helping you to prepare for your future when you're out on your own. I love you. We give honor to moms who let their children know just how much God loves them. 
and is teaching them to love the Lord and obey his commandments, to listen to his voice in their ears, their hearts, their spirits, who teach their children to pray, to memorize his word, moms who take their kids to church. This whispers deeply, I care for your soul. I love you, but most importantly, Jesus loves you. Proverbs 22:16 says, "Train up a child in the way they should go, and they will not depart from it even when they are old." We honor moms who stay up all night with worry and concern, praying for their children no matter what their age is. They could be 40, 50, 60. A mother's heart will always feel for her children, will always pray for her child if they're falling into bad ways or having hard times. This whispers into the night, my prayers are always with you. We are family. We are connected. I love you. I'm trusting God for you. I will always be there for you. So thank you, moms. I'll say the natural state of motherhood is basically um, unselfishness and endless love. Amen. And one of the best Mother's Day presents that I believe a mother could have is knowing that her children are walking with Jesus and living for him. Amen. Amen. God's word gives a blessing. He gives homage to mothers in Proverbs 23:25 May she who gave you birth be joyful be happy and rejoice so I pray that upon all of you moms here today I personally am thankful for <clears throat> excuse me I'm personally thankful for both moms in my life my birth my mother who brought me up and my mother-in-law They're both strong women of God, and I'm thankful for them. I'm thankful for my wonderful and beautiful Italian mother, Luisa Petty Quinn. She married an Irishman. She was the youngest born in New York in a large family in 1915. In fact, her middle name is Italia for Italy. Uh, Her parents died in the flu epidemic of 1918, and she was put into an orphanage at the age of three. So I thank my mother for all that she has gone. And since then, she has had six children, five girls and one boy, my poor brother Richie. He tried to make tomboys out of me and my younger sister Valerie. And it worked for a time, for a little time. You know, made forts in the living room and climbed trees and all that jazz. So so I'm thankful. Richie, if you're listening, thank you. both of my both of my moms in my life are kind, loving. They both happen to be creative and artistic. They both happen to be wonderful cooks and bakers. Am I blessed or not in the family? On both sides, amen. I have to brag on that. My mother was in her 90s and in very good health when she would visit us here when we first started coming here in the early years. There's some of you still here. You remember Jane and a few others. Remember my mom, Bill, of course. And I remember her coming in and kneeling at the altar for a long time. And it just blessed my heart. And I wish I had a picture of it, but I do have that picture in my mind's eye. My mother passed away in 2011 at the age of 96. 
and we miss her so very much. And I have my beautiful, wonderful Southern 93-year-old mother-in-law, Margaret Warlick Amendola. Hi, Mom, if you're watching this morning, I love you. And I'm going to talk a teeny bit about you. She is, like I said, a strong woman of faith. And uh, Margaret has four children. God comforted her through the loss of two of her, them, her son, Joey, and then later on her daughter, Kathy, as well as losing her husband, my wonderful father-in-law, Pasquale. So her oldest son, Pat, lives nearby, and her younger son, Ricky, is right here. Praise God. Amen. So we're going down this afternoon, and we'll see you then, Mom. We love you. Mom, I want to thank you so much and all the family for welcoming me in 40-some-odd years ago into the family. And I thank you for the close relationship I have with you, not only as a mom, but as a good friend. And I always thank my mother-in-law. I said, thank you so much for giving birth to my husband. And she gets a kick out of that. And I'm thankful, too. Both my moms had uh, have a wonderful sense of humor. And I want to encourage you, no matter what you're going through, hold on to that sense of humor. A good laugh can help wash away a lot of angst at times. But today, for some of you, may be a day of great sorrow. Perhaps your relationship with your mother isn't as it should be. Perhaps your mother is deceased, like mine, and you're grieving and missing her terribly. Perhaps you're mourning over a lost child. Perhaps you desire children, couldn't have them. Perhaps it's insecurities and confusion about your own mothering. Or perhaps you're just walking through some fiery trials, and it's really hard to get through it. I want to let you know that God has a plan for you. And in fact, that's the title of my message. I forgot to say that in the beginning, that God has a plan for you. Just keep your faith and your trust in him. God brings comfort and assurance to all of us through his word. I mean, look at the Bible. Look how thick that is. Can, I don't know how many actual words are in the Bible. I know it's been quoted somewhere. I should have looked that up. But those are a lot of words for us to know and take into our heart and spirit and to live by every day. We all need to fill ourselves up with God's word. Because that is what is, will give us his power, his strength. And it, what does it say? His word is greater, stronger than a two-edged sword. Amen. Psalm 56, 8 says, speaks actually to a sorrowful heart. It says, God, you have seen me tossing and turning through the night. You have <clears throat> collected my tears and have put them in your bottle. You have preserved them in your bottle. You, God, have recorded everyone in your book. How powerful, how beautiful, how heartwarming is that? I don't remember all of my tears that I've shed over my 60-some-odd years. Do you remember your tears? How many? No. But the word says he remembers every single one of ours. That's a lot. And that's precious. That shows how much he sees you, he hears you, he knows you, and he loves you. Psalm 147 says, He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. And in Matthew, Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. So his word tells us he is with us, and he's wrapping his arms around us. 
But you know what? With all of this, God wants to do a new thing in our lives. Amen? We're not going to, he's not going to have us sitting in the, in the gutter, so to speak, in our sorrow. As long as we call out to him, he's there to help. Isaiah 43, the second part of that says, he will make roadways in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. I love that analogy. That means God can do the impossible, right? We have a good God, amen? And he loves you and he will do it. We have to trust in him and believe in him that he will do it. We have to not give up. I know um, last week pastor mentioned um, something about God is silent sometimes. Or we think he is. I sometimes wonder, is he really silent? I think it's just a matter of him pulling back, saying, you know what? It's not Pamela's time right now. I don't need her to go there. I don't need her to do that. I don't need Pastor to do this or that yet. But we're over there. Lord, we've been praying for days. We've been praying for weeks, months, maybe years for something. Lord, please, when? When will you answer? And you know what? He's God. And it's his prerogative not to even reveal it to us. Sometimes he reveals things and other times not. But as people of God who respect and honor and give glory to our Lord, we have to humbly just step back and say, okay, Lord, I will pray. His word says to pray without ceasing in uh, 1 Thessalonians. So that means when we were first Christians, I said, pray pray without ceasing. How, How can I live? How can you do that? You know, but you're in that attitude of prayer. When you can, you step aside, you lift up a prayer. So stay close to God. <clears throat> Our Heavenly Father brings comfort. Second Thessalonians two sixteen and 17 says, Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and our God and Father, who has loved us and given us everlasting consolation and good hope by grace, Comfort your hearts and establish you in every word and work. Hallelujah. That sounds absolutely wonderful to me. I will take that word. And you know, sometimes we all just need a great big God hug, don't we? The presence of God falling upon us. It's bigger, better, and more powerful than anything you can imagine. It's better than the bear hugs. And we love to get our bear hugs from one another, and they are good. They're nurturing. They're wonderful. But to get a God hug is is amazing. It's out of this world, really. It's phenomenal. And God will do that for you. God, <clears throat> God has a plan. <clears throat> he wants our attention, our hearts, and our spirits. He wants to fill us with fresh fire, from the Holy Spirit. I think it's at times we have to be still and listen for the Holy Spirit. We're so busy. We go on and on and on in our work and in our life, and we pray. We love God. We want God to work miracles on us. We want the Holy Spirit to touch our hearts. We want him to move miraculously. Yet we would say yes to that, yet we kind of sit back and waiting. And I just want to encourage you, reach out for it. Take hold of it. Say, God, I want a miracle. I want your Holy Spirit to fall afresh on me, even if it's just to give me more um, courage today to go do what I have to do, even if it's to give me more strength that I need to go work, to take care of my children, to, to just get through this day. 
reach out for the touch of the Holy Spirit. And you know what? A good time for that is when we're worshiping. We had beautiful worship today. First service, second service. There was such an anointing in this place. And that's the time. You're praying, you're looking at the words, but take that time to say, Jesus, fill me with more of you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Give me your strength. And just allow himself to fill you throughout your very being. Because God is good. He wants to carry our burdens for us. And I say, let him do it. Just give it to him. That'll be an extra weight off your shoulders. Don't hold on to anything unnecessarily. Psalm 103, 4 and 5. Um, This scripture I really like. Of course, I'm going to read it. And the message version is rather poetic. The NIV is a little more grounded to me. So I'm going to, the first line I read to you will be the message. The second line will be the NIV. He redeems you from hell. He saves your life. Amen. He redeems you from life, a life from destruction. He crowns you with love and mercy, a paradise crown. He crowns you with love and compassion. He wraps you in goodness, beauty eternal. He satisfies your desires with good things. He renews your youth. You're always young in his presence. (laughs) So that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Amen. Praise God. I praise God for that word. I take that. Amen. God is good. Um, You know, we have our uh, Tuesday and Thursday talks here at the church. And um, my husband, Ricky... uh, Pastor Ricky, and our granddaughter, Ella, nine-year-old Ella, um, do the Thursday talk at noontime. It's about a half an hour, and they bring a lesson, and they just talk about it together. And there are a few people that come on, try to get on at their lunchtimes or whenever they have a break to watch it. And it's so beautiful. So this past lesson prepared, prepared by Ella was really good. It was about tornadoes. They discuss the high wind storms that bring the physical destruction to buildings and, and unfortunately to people and uh, property, as well as discussing the storms that affect our lives. Ella finished the prayer, uh, the lesson by praying a prayer that spoke to my heart. God, when troubles around me, Let me start. God, when troubles of this world swirl around me like a tornado, you are with me. There's something about that. It's simple, but it just got me. And I thought, that's true. So just picture all of your problems. Not that you want to right now, but you have all of your problems. And picture them. You're in the middle, and they're swirling around you like a tornado in a frenzy. That's how I picture my problems sometimes when I'm praying and this, I'm praying for this one and that's happening and this is happening. I feel like I'm caught up in a tornado. And I, perhaps that's why this lesson touched my heart so. But you know what? God is with you in that tornado. And as you're in that tornado of problems and you just reach out your hands, Jesus, I need help. I need you. I need you. And you start praying. He gives us the strength to stand still in the midst of that tornado, right? Praise God. So I thought that was a wonderful lesson. And this 
made me realize uh, or think about the lyrics from a song that we sing. It says, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place with your atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what your hearts long for, to be overcome by your presence, Lord. Amen. Amen. God's with us. Don't give up. Don't give up the ship. So God had a plan for my life. I'm going to share a little bit of what happened. Growing up, I was amazed at the miracle of birth. I was a little kid. I walk around, you see pregnant women, Nikki, pregnant women. And I'd say, Mommy, you know, and you ask where kids come from and did it, and she'd tell me the best she could. And I was just amazed by that. I thought it was marvelous. God does this. And so I said, one day, Lord, I hope and pray that I will be able to have some children. And uh, I wanted a whole crew of them, even though I myself almost didn't make it into this world. At the time of my birth, uh, my mother was having a lot of difficulties. And um, so the doctor went out into the, I guess, the hallway then, because back then, oh, this was in the 1950s, right? 1955 to be exact. And uh, he went out and asked my father to sign whether the doctor wanted to save me or my mother. My mother already had four other children, so he said, well, please uh, make sure my wife makes it. You know, it was a hard decision, I hope. <laughs> and, um, and so that's what they did. Praise God, we both survived. That was God's plan, that we would survive. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Jason. However... It was really hard on my mother. It was a breech birth. Uh, I was a breech birth. I had a broken collarbone. She couldn't see me for a few days. And back then in the 50s, you stayed in the hospital after having a baby for a week or two. They just kept you in there. Now, in, you're out. <laughs> you had the child, out you go. And so um, I um, finally, she was just saying, please, asking the nurses, please, is my baby alive or dead? I need to know. You're not telling me. I don't see my child or anything. Finally, they said, no, Mrs. Quinn, we'll bring her in to you. And so they did. Finally, and my arm was in a sling, and I was black and blue all over. And that's how she first saw me. So, um, but the amazing thing was, and that's what probably why my mother had such a tough birth was, I weighed in at a hefty 11 pounds, 8 ounces. So, true story. <laughs> so, mom, up in heaven, thank you so much. She would tell us that story and we would laugh. And, um, well, we could laugh now. I'm sure she wasn't laughing then. So, and then later she went on to have a sixth child, my youngest, uh, sister Valerie. Um, although with her, she had a C-section. The doctor was smart that time. So once upon a time, <clears throat> after a couple of decades, little Pamela, little Pammy, grew up, and she met Ricky, and they fell in love and got married. <clears throat> but that whole story is for another time. What I want to share is... Uh, <clears throat> yeah, we'll be here all afternoon, and I'm sure you have plans. <clears throat> but we'll... Oh, I'm so sorry. First service, nothing. It wasn't even live stream. Live stream people, you get a coughing speaker. I'm sorry. <laughs> so um, anyway, uh, we moved from the suburbs of New York to the countryside of North Carolina. Shock. It was a shock. This was back in the 70s. 
And uh, we were just starting off our life there, and we were pioneers thinking we're going to do this new thing on our own down here. And uh, long story short, um, my I grew up with asthma and some breathing problems because that was part of what happened to me from birth to my breathing wasn't good in New York. But I had the problem, but it was tolerable. We moved to North Carolina, and it worsened terribly. I, it was awful. And uh, the doctors later told me it was um, just because of all the pine trees and whatnot and the foliage down south as compared to up here. So it was just the worst I had ever experienced. So then I became pregnant, and I was diagnosed with RH factor. Some of you moms may know that. And so that's a protein in the blood. It's not good for the baby. And that's a whole another story, but not pertinent to this. But I was told that I shouldn't have any more children. Uh, but lo and behold, God had another plan, and I went on to have two more. But at that time, amen, there was concern about my baby's safety and my health because my breathing was so bad. My oxygen levels were very low. My poor husband, healthy as a horse, had never experienced all this. Of course, I didn't either. It got worse, and that's, <laughs> that's another story. Anyway... We needed our faith and trust in God at this time. Well, God had a plan. I even have my throat spray up here in case, but I just took it beforehand, so I think I'm okay. God gave a message to some acquaintances, because we were just getting to know people, down there, but some acquaintances who lived about two hours away from us. And they called and said, God spoke to us very strongly, and we have a message to give you. I think they were talking to my husband. He said, okay, waiting to hear it. And they said, no, we're supposed to come and tell you in person. So we said, okay, why, when you could say it on the phone? We were new Christians, too. We didn't realize We grew up with a strong faith in God. We grew up in the Catholic Church. We had some good basic foundations there. But at that time in our lives, we just didn't know how close and what an intimate relationship we could have with our Lord Jesus Christ. And this type of thing, God giving you a message, was a little foreign to us. But we were open to it because we had already accepted Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior at this time. So we said, okay, so they visited. They spoke to us about several things, but the main thing was, the gist of it was, that God told them that he was going to take care of my baby, that this baby was a gift from him, and that he was going to make sure my breathing would be okay, and that uh, he would be holding my hand the whole time. So we said, okay, we prayed, they left. We looked at each other like, what does that mean, all of that, you know? holding my hand. I, I just didn't understand it. So anyway, to say the least, we were in awe. Shortly uh, uh, later, a um, had our precious five-plus-pound baby girl, Stacy Ann. She was born six to eight weeks early and immediately put into neonatal ICU unit uh, for a while, but then she was doing okay and came home after after a couple of weeks, safe and sound. But this is the wild part. While I was in the delivery room during the birthing process, an elderly woman, a nurse, came in, and she sat next to me. She took hold of my hand. My husband was holding one hand. She took the other hand. 
okay. I thought she was just taking it. She did not let go of my hand the whole time. And she kept whispering assurances, reassurances into my ear, and she was praying softly. I don't know what other reason this nurse had, what other job she had to be in that delivery room that day, except to sit with me and hold my hand and pray for me, other than if she was using her other hand to help the doctor or hand stuff. I honestly don't know to this day, and you have no remembrance of it, dearest. So it is amazing. So that blessed us, that ministered to us. And the scripture, the reason why this is so amazing, not only did they say God would hold my hand, the scripture that God gave this obedient couple was Isaiah 41, 13. For I am the Lord, your God, who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear. Do not fear. I will help you. Praise God. Hallelujah. We were just blown over. We didn't realize it at the time. Everything was going on. The baby, this is my first baby. And our new Christians, when we got home, when we thought about it all, we said, do we realize what happened? What our friends said came true. God said that he was going to be in here and watch over us. And he did. Well, we were blown away, to say the least, because we thought, God does this kind of thing? Our God is that mighty and powerful that he just... And things happen. So we were so excited. And I want to encourage all of you to be excited about that kind of thing, too. Because we have a mighty God who serves. And sometimes, if I asked each one of you, you'd all say, yes, I believe God could do this. But sometimes we're just sitting back waiting for it to happen. And and I say, let's pursue God. Pursue God with all your heart and soul. And watch all the exciting things that he will do for you. And he will bless you with. Three years later, we're back in New York. Hallelujah. I was happy because I was near my mom and my family. They couldn't be down there. So, um, and we, God brought us through again because then we had our six pound baby boy, Jeffrey, who was born a month early and had severe difficulties in his breathing and in his lungs. So they transferred him down. We lived in the suburbs of New York, and they transferred him down to uh, New York Cornell Medical Center in New York City. So now, of course, we're very concerned about this. Our church family was praying fervently. Our family members were. We went down there and spent every single day for as long as they would let us stay there. And sometimes even overnight, they'd let some of us stay. And um, for about two weeks in the neonatal ICU unit. And it was a heart-wrenching place. I, I can't even tell you. They helped our son. God touched our son. God's plan was for Jeffrey to be healed, and he was, and he came home to us. But during that time, we would grieve. I mean, we grieved with other parents as they saw their babies going through things. So many children and babies lost their lives there. And then the day that we got the good news, oh, you could bring your son home. We were, we were happy. We wrapped him up. And then as we were walking out, we saw the faces of all the parents who were just had that look on their face. Will that be me one day? Because we had that same look when parents would leave before we did. So we left there with a joyful heart that God healed our son and a heavy heart for them, but we had prayed over them. Then six years later, we were thankful. Our third child, Betsy, 
was born full term, healthy, seven pounds at last. She was my first baby that I was able to actually hold and keep with me in the room. So I'm thankful for that. And Betsy herself just had her first little baby, baby Scarlett Olivia. So if you're watching, Betsy, happy First Mother's Day to you. So we have three grown children and nine grandkids. And God has blessed us. God is good. With that comes a lot. With that blessing comes a lot of prayer and a lot of worries, concerns. But we have a God that could see us through. Yes? Jeremiah 29:11 says in verse 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a future and a hope. Hold on to that. Verse 12, then you will call upon me and pray to me, and I will listen to you. There's God saying, call on me, and I'm going to listen to you. It's it's written right there, verse 13, and now you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. So we could have God once we pursue him. We have to ask him to come in. He's not a dictator. God is a loving God. He wants to take care of us. He wants us to pursue him. He wants us to say, God, I need your help. I believe in you. I want you to work in my life. I want you to guide me and direct my paths. I want you to show me the way to go. That's what he wants. And then he's happy. He's happy to step forth and say, okay, I'll do that. I'm right here for you. So hold on to that. We serve a powerful God, and just keep in your heart and minds, nothing is too impossible for our God. Amen? Amen. Know that he will fight for you. God has a plan for all of you. Moms, those of you who still have kids at home, you have your hands full. Yes? I should probably have heard a screaming amen on that one. (laughs) You, You take care of your children. You teach them, you feed them, you clothe them, you watch over them. You're responsible for them. You are taking care of tiny human beings. Think about that. You can let the the laundry could wait, pile up and wait. The dishes could pile up and wait. Children can't wait, right? It's always mommy, 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 mommy. I remember thinking, and one of my kids was a real chatterbox. I won't mention her name. But... I, when she was little, it was constant. And I, I just would say, I had to say, honey, just please, you know what, mommy has to think. I just have to think. Oh, okay, mom, what do you have to think about? You know, it's like, mothers, I know you could identify by your response. And it's so true. And, and I know, uh, uh, oh, I'm throwing this out now. Was it Charles Wellesley, the famous evangelist? Right name there, his mother, Susanna. I remember her name. This is going back to the 1800s, 1700s. And uh, he tells a story. I'd read his book a long time ago. And he talks about when his mother, who had like 16, 20 kids or something, and she would get, and back then women wore aprons a lot, she would get her apron, and whenever they saw her with the apron over her head, that was a signal. Do not talk to mama right now because she needs time with God or she's praying. And so after I read that book, my kids were still sort of young. So one time I tried and I put a dish towel over my head. I said, this is the signal. (laughs) It worked, I think, for a while. But but I try it. Try it. Let me know. Let me know. But anyway, um, there's also a scripture uh, from Philippians 4, 6 that says, don't worry about anything. 
Instead, pray about everything. And moms, especially you new moms, and even even adults, even if you're not a mom, I bought the CD for myself. It's called Scripture Lullabies. And there's beautiful, soft singing and um, melodious music as just the Scripture is being sung. There are no extra words, nothing else. It's just the Scripture. It is beautiful. And... Um, I would play it for, I, I didn't have it when my kids were little, but I play it for my grandchildren, the pips, and when they were little. And there was one song that was this. Don't you worry about anything. Still pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. So it goes along that lines and it has that melodious sound to it. And so um, I encourage you to get it. I wouldn't suggest playing it in your car. I did that before, and it was so soothing. I mean, I really, I had to put some upbeat worship music on. Today. But it's, it's very peaceful and calming, and I'll play it in the house now even. There are a couple of moms who have strong faith and trust in God, in the Bible, that are worth mentioning briefly. There's, number one, there's Jochebed. You may be saying, who's Jochebed? With a heavy heart, yet trusting God, she gave up her infant son, Moses. So it's Moses' mother. To avoid the mass slaughter of the Hebrew boys happening at the time, she put him in a basket in a river. Moms, could you imagine doing that to your infant child? I couldn't. Yet, if you knew what the other possibility was, I suppose you could. So that's a sacrifice of a mother, to just put her baby in, and she prayed, and she said, God, I hope somebody finds him and takes care of him and protects him. And we know that that did happen. Pharaoh's daughter found him, and she brought him up. But the interesting thing was God worked it out. I love how God works things so that Jochebed, his real mother, was able to become his nurse during their early years. Hallelujah for that. And God's plan in all this was for Moses to save his people. Oh, that just gave me the chills, Holy Ghost chills. So he gets Moses out of the way of danger to a mother who's trusting and believing in him, puts him in a basket. He's brought up by someone else, but then he is able to save his people. Praise God. God is so ah, powerful and good. Then there's Hannah. She suffered long years of barrenness and ridicule. She kept her faith in God, and he blessed her with a son, Samuel. God's plan, Samuel would become a prophet and Israel's last judge. Then we have the New Testament mothers. We have Elizabeth, barren into old age. God performs a miracle and gives her a baby son. And she named him John, and she dedicated him to God. God's plan that John would become a great prophet and be known as John the Baptist. Amen? Mary, mother of Jesus, had faith in God. Here she is, a young teenage girl, and all of a sudden a huge a majestic angel appears to her. We're presuming it's like that. Maybe the angel came a little bit more in human form. We don't know. And told her that she would become pregnant and give birth to a baby son without ever having known a man. Could you imagine her thoughts and her heart? 
But she had that belief and that grounded faith that God was with her. So she acknowledged it and received it. God's plan that that baby named Jesus would be the savior of his people. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Mothers, mothers, all of you mothers who put their faith and trust in God, you're loving, you're nurturing, you're fierce, you're strong, you're protective of your child. No one is going to hurt your child. You are there for them. You bring them up to be victorious and strong in Jesus. And in our eyes, you are superheroes. Now listen, if you didn't have that experience, you weren't able to bring your children up knowing God in the way that I'm talking right now. It's never too late. Even with grown children, you're praying for them. You could speak life into them and let them know that God loves them. So um, I just want to share a little bit more with you, and then I'll be closing out. Psalm 139, this whole psalm, if you've ever read it, has 24 verses. I'm not going to read it right now. Is absolutely marvelous because it's God's perfect knowledge, really, of his creation, which is you and me, which is us. The good, the bad, the ugly, it's all in there. But verses 3 through 17 speaks specifically about God forming our inward parts and covering us in our mother's womb. It says that in him we are fearfully and wonderfully made. It says God knew us before we were conceived and that his eyes saw our substance, our very being, before we were even formed. Now think about that. So he saw our spirits. So our spirits have always existed and he decided that we would be put into earth. That's how I always tell my kids. You're up there in heaven. God said, okay, it's your turn. You're going to go down to Ricky and Pamela there and be in their family. That's the way I always like to see it. But just think about that. And he's, it says that his thoughts about us are precious and great in number. So I want you to get absorb all of this. Don't let, allow yourselves to be numb to it. Tell yourself, yes, God sees me right now. God hears me. God knows me. And he formed me. And he has great plans for me. So just fill yourself with that. Our God is marvelous. So I do, I do want to just mention this, though. For those of you, if you're going through a tough time, putting your faith and trust in God is imperative for your own soul, for your own very being. And it's the best alternative to falling into despair or into an unreal situation. Whenever the going gets tough, you have to reach out to God. He knows what's going on. He's there for you. But it's important to seek God in the quiet times. And the reason being is so that you'll be prepared and you'll know what to do in the times of chaos, in the times that those tornadoes come around you. You'll be there and you'll say, you may panic at first. We tend to do that. Oh, no, this is happening. Oh, no. And then you say, wait a minute. I'm in a tornado. All of this is happening. Who do I call on? My Lord and my Savior the God who made me, the God who sees me. He'll be here to watch over me and protect me. He is my lifeline. Never let go of your lifeline. So Proverbs 3, 5 says, Lean on, trust in, be confident in 
the Lord with all of your heart and mind and do not rely on your own insight or understanding. God gives all of us a lot of wisdom. We're intelligent. We can figure out a lot of different things, but only to a certain point. We need God. We need God in our lives. So I want to leave you with this encouragement. Please give your moms today, husbands, give your wives a words of affirmation. In fact, let me go back to dads a minute. Dads, give your wife and the mother of your children your love, your appreciation, your gratefulness. There's a quote that says, the best thing a father could do for his children is to love their mother. Amen. Now, I know there are situations that are different and families may not be together, but I encourage you, please always speak with respect, the most amount of respect as you can about your ex-spouse to your children. Because no matter what happened between the two of you, that's still their mom or that's still their dad. So for their sake, do that. Proverbs 31:28 says, Her children rise up and call her blessed, and her husband also, he praises her. So show mom your love. Let her hear words of affirmation. And what I mean by that is, how many here, you like to have, hear things good about yourself, Right? Is there, don't we want that? We want to know, oh, you did a good job today, you know? Or you knew that? Wow, that's great. Oh, you took care of the kids all day and they're at home and you took care of the household? That's wonderful. Or hey, I like that you're always there to help out when needed. You know, when you give those words of affirmation, it's always nice to say, you're the best mom and we love that. That's great. But sometimes it's good going, okay, why am I the best? I'm sure a lot of moms want to know why, exactly why. And if you can, think of a few things, because that shows that you're looking deeper into their being, their soul, who they really are, that you know that person. And all I could tell you is that she will be so thrilled and so blessed. So now I want to leave you with uh, scripture from Numbers 624, 25. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. Got along this morning, and it was beautiful. And then at the first service, at this point, I called up our nine-year-old granddaughter, Ella, and she had written a song that the Lord had given her a while ago. And then her pop, her papa bear, a.k.a. Pastor Rick, uh, learned it on guitar, and they played it together this morning. And it was anointed. I tell you, it was so anointed. It's called Running to You. And uh, But I believe that it was videotaped, and we can show it now.
God works in our children. Children are never too young to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to have their own relationship with Jesus, to have the Holy Spirit speak and work through them. So fill your children with him. Pray with your children. And you know what? Your child may not sing. Ella is gifted with singing and even her preaching at Thursday Talks. Her daughter, I mean her daughter, her sister Ava helped her with it. She typed it out. She edited it and helped Ella with the words. And she's an artist. That's her gifting. Jack has his giftings. He plays piano. He does other things. So all in all, what I'm trying to say is each one of your children will have a different gift, a special gift that God has given them, just like he's given each one of you a gift, because I know some of you are sitting there thinking, what gift do I have? But you know what? It depends on how you look at gifts. What is a gift? A gift even is to be kind to someone. A gift is to smile at someone. A gift is to make someone feel welcome. A gift is to give an encouragement to someone or a compliment, perhaps. That's a gift. A gift is to welcome people into your home and be hospitable. So it comes in a lot of different ways. So I'm just going to say a prayer now and then call Pastor Rick back up. Father God, I pray a special blessing over the congregation today and those on live stream. I pray, Lord, especially for the moms today as well. I pray that you will fill the moms with your glory, 
that you will fill their very presence, Lord, so that they'll feel your presence like a sweet perfume pouring over them from the top of their heads to the soles of their feet. I pray that they will feel loved and that they will feel your peace today and always. And Lord, for everyone else, Lord God, here, I pray that you will work in their hearts and their minds and their spirits in the same way, Jesus. Let them know that you hear them, you see them, you want to work in them, you want to do great things in them, Lord, even if that great thing is a behind-the-scene thing. So, God, we praise you. We give you the honor and the glory. We thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for our sins. We thank you, God, for being by our side. And in Jesus' precious name, we all say amen and amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Pamela, for sharing your heart and sharing the word today. Um, stand with me, please. I want to read uh, in closing uh, Deuteronomy 6, uh, verses 23 to 27. Uh, Pam alluded to it. Uh, the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, This is the way you shall bless the children of Israel. Say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. So they shall put my name on the children of Israel and I will bless them. I'm going to ask if you're here with your family and you have young ones, if you could just lay a hand on them. Parents or relatives, just lay a hand on them. And if you're with your husband or a wife, put your hand on his shoulder. And let's just pray before the Lord one more time here. Father God, Lord, this was a very special service today, honoring the moms among us in a culture when sometimes motherhood is not so honored. But we do honor moms today. And we honor every woman that takes on the role of a mom with their with their grandchildren or relatives or friends or whatever. Father, we pray your blessing upon the families represented here, those at home on live stream as well. We pray your blessing upon the children. We pray your blessing upon the moms, upon the families. We pray, Lord, that your face would shine upon each of us in a special way. We pray, Lord, that uh, as we lift our countenance to you, that your countenance would fall down upon us. So, Lord, only you know, only you know what some moms are dealing with right now as we pray with their children, even adult children or grandchildren. Only you know what the moms need. So we call upon you, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, to do your work in families in a very powerful, powerful way. So, Lord, we thank you for this service. We pray for a good afternoon, as many will be honoring moms today. We pray, Lord, for anyone, anyone that will be alone to be comforted by your Holy Spirit. We pray, Lord, that the body of Christ would somehow navigate and be a blessing to one another during this time. Thank you, Lord. We give you all praise and all thanks now. In Jesus' precious name, we pray. And everybody said amen and amen. God bless you. Thank you, Pamela. Uh, And we'll see you next time. We are canceling the uh, prayer meeting tonight. No prayer meeting tonight. We'll see you on Tuesday talk. God bless you. And happy Mother's Day.